Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. So hello and welcome to Friends of Friends. Uh, my name's Pete Allison. Here's Dev Crib. Ahoy and also hoy. How are we? I'm all right, thanks. I have next to nothing to report about anything interesting in my life. How about you? I stayed up all night because uh, the Super Bowl was on last night as we record today. Yes, of course. So I'm in a sort of that sort of post Super Bowl, not much sleep haze. You had a good feast, though. A very good feast. Saw yes. that on Instagram. Ashamed to admit that I ordered takeaway from two different places. Wow. <laughs> to to make up my sort of American style Super Bowl feast, which was mainly pizza, wings, and chips and stuff you know mozzarella bites but absolute delight mate of course congrats to um tom tom brady's team yes the tampa bay buccaneers they won didn't they i couldn't tell you his team i could just tell you that he he personally won he he won the super bowl yes um yeah he's now he has now won more super bowls than any team has ever won isn't that mad very good yeah that's very good good stat isn't it uh, I enjoyed the fact that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a ship with a cannon. It's very, it's very American. They got at one end of the stadium a big ship with a cannon, and they fire the cannon when they score. Really? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's um, that's quite. Uh, actually, talking of very extra things that teams have in their stadiums, yeah. I've been to Crystal Palace's ground to watch Leeds before, and they, uh, until recently, had an actual eagle. Um, Did they? Because they're known as the Eagles. Mm. So in each game, they just bring out this eagle um, <laughs> do what with it <laughs> just so it would just sort of sit on someone's arm on the pitch before the game incredible but i think i think it died recently oh no so it was the same eagle yes yeah yeah oh no sort of marcel the monkey type vibe you know exactly but when i was there the leeds fans sung a song about it looking like a pigeon <laughs> <laughs> like i'm not a huge football fan in general but i do enjoy a funny chant at football like they are creative, aren't they? They are creative, but birds of prey and football fans is quite a sort of potent, dangerous combination, isn't it? Yes, I can, yes, it really is, isn't it? More birds of prey in stadiums. <laughs> That's what we need. I like the idea that every time they score, they just release another eagle. <laughs> <laughs> They've got like 60 in the game. Release the hawks! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so there you go. That's our weekends. Should we talk about friends? Yeah, let's do that. Double request, isn't it? And someone sent a quiz. A double request and a quiz. A week off for Amy, but we will give her a shout out. She should be mentioned on all the podcasts now. Mm-hmm. Our friends are Fwuff Quizard. 
Yeah. Um, although, have we talked about it on the podcast or is it just on the quiz? What "fuff" means in? Doesn't it mean vagina in yeah, Welsh? In Welsh. Yeah, yeah, it's the slang for "foof" in in Welsh. So, yeah. Oh well. There you go. It makes the phrase "fuff quizard" seem a lot, <laughs> <laughs> a lot less friendly, doesn't it? Um, but yes, a double request, uh, and one of them, Pete, harking back to the good old days, is in voice note form. Oh, here we go. Hello and ahoy, hoy, hoy, Dave and Pete. Um, I'm an avid listener of Friends with Friends in Paris, which is the city where Rachel should now be living her best life. I would love it if you could do the one with the tiny t-shirt, Series 3, Episode 19. I like this episode for loads of reasons. Brilliant physical comedy from Chandler and Ross. Uh, Ross actually behaving like a decent human being for one rare occasion. Uh, the brilliant Spiderman pronunciation line from Phoebe. And this episode allows me to indulge my fancy of Rachel. Rachel and Mark getting together. Um, I am actually old enough to be a veteran of the first broadcast mid-90s Friends, and I basically just love this whole early era of the show. I know you've got some catching up to do on your request list, but I do hope to hear your thoughts on this episode sometime in 2021. All the best and merci from Kat. Oh, Hello. what a lovely voice. What a lovely voice. A, Kat. a lovely voice. B, thrilled that we are in a post-Brexit world still appealing to the Europeans, Pete. Yes. Good news that we've got a uh, got Paris still wrapped around our little. Well, it's one listener in Paris, isn't it? And she and she's clearly English. Doesn't sound very French, to be fair. No, but uh, <laughs> wonderful, nice, not great. I'm just, I'm gen. There's something strange about knowing people are listening to us in Paris. I don't know yes. what it is, but it's great. Hmm. I'm sort of picturing her listening while stood under the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, of course. Do you know what I mean? Or just while sat atop it, you know, just yeah. Having a, yeah, exactly. She has uh, also played a blinder, has cut. And that's thanks to our second requester, Wayne. Because Kat, would you believe it? And I don't want to start a riot here, but Kat requested this less than a month ago. Yes, but she's been bumped up the queue because poor old Wayne's been waiting for quite some time. <laughs> yeah, she has. And and not only has she been bumped up the queue, she's her request was heard first by virtue of the voice note. So yes. Wayne, we're sorry is what I'm saying, you know? Mm. We're sorry that you've had to wait and we're sorry you've now been bumped down, but... Uh, you've also requested the one with the tiny T-shirt. Uh, he says, mainly for my favourite line in Friends. My favourite line in all of Friends, is it? Oh, which says, you guys make me fly. Hi. It is a great line, actually. Uh, there's also some great jokes in it and some questionable parts, too, that I know you lads will get some mileage out of. Yes, that, there's at least two very questionable bits, aren't there? Mm. And Wayne, though, has done us a quiz. Thank you, Wayne. So between Wayne and Kat, I'd say that is, guys, the benchmark. Synopsis? Yes. Season 3, episode 19, the one with the tiny t-shirt, directed by Terry Hughes, which is a name I don't think we've ever said before, <laughs> and doesn't sound like a man that directs a very successful sitcom. I don't know why. And no, Terry sounds like someone uh, in their late 50s <laughs> living in England. In Yorkshire, having a pint on a Tuesday yeah. afternoon in the pub, right? Uh, Rachel has a date with Mark, her first since splitting with Ross, but she soon finds out she's unready for a new relationship. Oh, has Terry been writing a synopsis as well? This leaves Ross devastated and he plans to break them apart, but Chandler convinces him to accept the fact that Rachel has moved on. Meanwhile, Joey develops a crush on Kate, his co-star in a new play, and Monica continues dating Pete, even though she's still not attracted to him. <laughs> uh, oh, there's so much going on in this episode, actually, isn't there? Uh, uh, which bit would you like to start with? I think Joey and Kate. Yeah, let's go for that. Uh, this is the start of the 
the play saga with the excellent director, uh, the Kate Fath, the Lauren. It's all happening, isn't it? They're going to get on this spaceship at the end. All of that sort of stuff's happening. <laughs> but let's start with Joey announcing that he gets this play. Yes, and the other thing about it, when he bursts into the room, doesn't he, and does that sort of... Well, it's not quite a dance, is it? It's sort of a dance. Yeah, it's 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 one of the weirdest bits of Friends, like when you take it out of context completely, isn't it? But it feels like the... Like him singing is sort of dubbed over it because yeah. he doesn't seem to actually be saying anything. No, it's clearly been done afterwards, doesn't it? He, he does the first like line and he dances around the table. If you've not watched this for a while, it's that bit where he bursts in and just goes, oh, mommy, oh, daddy, I am a big old baddie, which is a weird, like, it's just weird, isn't it? The whole thing yeah. is odd. Um, but yeah, yeah. then he's cl- they've clearly overdubbed it because his mouth isn't moving half the time and is moving in the wrong ways. It's It's always annoyed me that. Like even even before I knew I was going to do a podcast where I'd have to find things to pick up on <laughs> in Friends, this has always been one of those scenes where I've been like, "What's going on there?" Because it's so weirdly done, isn't it? Um, but he's got this play. That it's, it's it's also quite a strange and efficient though way of getting that news across because there's no big scene. They clearly were like, "We've got to get across that Joey's got a play and this is a big deal," but we can't have a whole scene about this where they're chatting about it. So yeah, he just Chandler does. Chandler does all the explaining for us, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, it takes 10 seconds to basically him to do the dance and the sing, and Chandler go, oh, he must have got that play. The end. Yeah, bam, and then, yeah. <laughs> So it is, it's efficient writing, if not a bit odd. Um, but then he arrives at the theatre, doesn't he, when we get almost immediately in this plot line the worst line of the whole episode. Are you one of the retarded cousins? Mm, yes. Absolutely not okay line, which uh, no. obviously was considered... Reasonable at the time, but not in hindsight. And ob- like, ob- like, there's, there's, there's no excusing that as a line, is there? Now we just have to accept that it's there and it was there, yeah. and that would never have made it into Friends in 2021, or indeed 2010, <laughs> or really 2001. Um, but this is 1997, and it's uh, it snuck by the censors there, hasn't it? But taking away from the fact the line obviously is not okay itself, even in the context of the show. Kate's a wanker, isn't she? Right. This one of my notes is actually just Kate's an arse. Yeah, I've written Kate's a wanker. Because the thing is, like, she's so snobby yeah. and and just generally un- unpleasant in a way that most people just would never be that unkind to someone that they've literally just met. Right. right. Like that's you have to be a sort of spectacular asshole, which is a, a terrible expression. <laughs> To, to to be like that to another human, you know. But the the thing that bothers me is this sort of really English literature take that she has on this play, where she's like, "Oh, I just don't feel like my character would really like find him attractive or whatever." Yeah. But later we find out, not in this episode, admittedly, that this play is something that involves like aliens and copious <laughs> amounts of dry ice. Like, fucking go of yourself, Kate. You are not. A sort of like an Oxford academic. That's not how this works. She immediately sort of starts, yeah, like you say, waxing lyrical about, oh, I love how the author does this, blah, blah. You know, it's very like, I've just read this in an A-level textbook. Yeah. Um, take on the play, which, you, as you say, is it's clearly not a good play. Let's be honest, we we later learn. And then she has the, I'd say, the, the crowning glory where she literally says to this man she's only just met, oh, you're a soap actor. It must be nice doing a real play. Yeah. And she's like, she's on such a high horse for, let's be honest, like in these situations, it's always odd, isn't it? Because they're doing the same play. 
she is clearly as successful an actor as him. Yeah, they've both ended up there, regardless of whatever they've done before. Right, they're in a clearly shit play off Broadway. It's not like this isn't. It's not like she's come from the Globe or the RSC. Do you know what I mean? And and, and yeah. is sort of just slumming it for for the art. And I know they have to build this tension, but it's actually watching this back. It makes me angry that they get together in the end. Well, the strange thing about it is that that it. it comes to Chandler doesn't it where Chandler sort of is it Chandler that points out that Joey oh, he's talking about her in a way that suggests yeah. that maybe yeah it's Chandler isn't very it? like primary school uh... yeah like oh you're being nasty to each other when actually you really like each other and when you look at it you're like well no actually it it's not like there's any sort of like sexual tension between them it's Kate being an asshole yeah. and Joey getting sick of it like there's no actual sign of any feeling there at all there's no sexual chemistry with those two no whatsoever you're right she's just awful and he is trying to deal with that in the best way he can and actually it's worth pointing out one of the rare times ever i think where joey's being quite a good actor yes (laughs) he's good he's quite good in that isn't he? It it doesn't tie in with joey's acting ability as we know it and then in kate's case like can a kiss ever be so good that it takes you from loathing someone to genuinely fancying them? Like they have this mm. stage kiss and then her whole approach to him completely changes and she gets all flustered and she forgets her shoes and everything. It's uh, There's a lot going on with, there's uh, a psychologist would have a wonderful time with Kate, I think. Yeah, it's interesting. And, and it's a strange sort of almost foreshadowing the kiss changing everything because weirdly the plot line we're going to come on to later, Monica and Pete, that's exactly what ends up happening with them. Yes, yeah, you're right. Is is it, It's not that they loathe each other, they clearly get on, but Monica is, you know, it's not like she's even just, oh, I don't really find him attractive. Like, she's actively avoiding ways to physically touch him in a way that's more than y- you would with your brother. Do you know what I mean? Like, ruffling <laughs> his hair or punching him in the arm and all that sort of stuff. And then immediately, they have this one kiss, which is, we're, we're led to believe is so good, like, sweeps her into a completely different world. And this is what's happening with Joey and Kate. And look, Pete, maybe there are people listening and they're going to be going, yeah, do you know what? Kisses can be that good. And maybe it's a reflection on our kissing ability. But I just (laughs) don't think, I just don't know how plausible it is that one kiss would take you from either, in, in, in Monica and Pete's case, complete lack of a sexual attraction and in Joey and Kate's like proper loathing you know I I just with Monica and Pete I, mm. like I don't I don't understand why Monica's dating someone she's certain she's not attracted to multiple times like it's not like she's gone on one date and she's like oh I'll see if I fancy him like on the day she keeps meeting up with him she keeps right. seeing him and yet at no point has she felt any feeling so it that that kiss with him must be incredible because he has no other redeemable quality that makes her want to date him at the moment no and this is my main thing and and, and so basically just to finish up the joey and kate thing that is basically that plot line isn't it we've got the hilarious funny awful director peel the onion that's i really enjoy all of his pretentious awful directing um and then yeah we get the big kiss that that sort of changes everything but yeah so the monica and pete thing the main strange thing about this in general is why are they still hanging out? They're not friends. Yes. She doesn't fancy him. Like, is it the money? Like, in the nicest possible way, is she just slightly enjoying hanging out with a millionaire? And she's, But she's taken advantage of him, isn't she? 
Yes, I think so. Because it's quite clear that he genuinely really likes her. In yeah. fact, it always is, isn't it? Yeah, and she, I mean, she openly admits it, doesn't she? He's really into me. He really likes me. He'd do anything for me, she says in this episode at one point. Like, if you come back from a date and you go, I just don't fancy them at all. It's a real shame. That's it, right? Yeah. You probably don't ever see heads. them. You don't ever see them again. Why, why are they consistently hanging out? And I can only conclude that she's a bit interested in his cash yes perhaps <laughs> slash all the things that come with the cash you know the the swanky dinners and the the hospital openings we're also keen to get to <laughs> but there is that moment at the uh, i think it's the first time we see monica and pete in this episode and they're they're walking into the hallway just outside monica's yeah and, and pete's he's talking about artificial intelligence isn't he he's talking about how he's talking about um, alexa and siri isn't he he is isn't he? <laughs> he he invented them it feels like he <laughs> He knew about them like way before anyone else. Like he's talking about the fact that there are these, there's this technology which will be able to understand what you're saying and it won't be able to actually do what you're. I mean, he's literally describing a smart speaker. Yeah, he says, like, uh, yeah, he does. He says, you know, your computer will understand you when you say, clean my room. Yeah. And then he says, it's not going to be able to do those things. But I now genuinely have a robot Hoover that's linked up to my Alexa. So it can (laughs) clean my room. It literally can clean my room. And Pete Becker in 1997 has uh, has has thrown ahead to, you know, living our best lives in 2021. Yeah, no wonder he's loaded. He's got all the great ideas. It's absolutely, he is like he's basically the non-mad Elon Musk, isn't he? Yes, that's that's his that's his entire vibe. Although he then becomes a, a boxer, a boxer, ultimate cage fight, fighter, ultimate fighting champion, <laughs> UFC. <laughs> I mean, also what I would say is, and I don't know if this is a reflection on that he's just more of a grown-up, but there's a point in this episode where Chandler goes, and you're our age, you're you're rich and you're our age. Pete seems a lot older than them. Yes, <laughs> but he I know doesn't, what you mean. doesn't look cool, sexy mid-twenties, does he? He looks no, he sort of dad bod mid to late thirties, right? Jean Favreau, he's, he's doing all right for himself these days, isn't he? Director, actor. He was the director of The Lion King as well. The new yes. one. Yeah. And The Jungle Book. Yeah. I mean, look. Let's just say John Favreau is doing fine, isn't he? He is. He's doing more than fine. Uh, where were we? Oh, Monica and Pete. Monica and Pete. I think it's probably about time we had a little break, actually. Should we conclude Monica and Pete after the break? Yes. Here we go, everybody. subscribe to our podcast you know it's all about how to get the most out of your partner and we're partners so we know all about it it's good get it wherever you want to get it when you go and get it from your podcast place richard and greta you know you know one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. 
Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So yes, Monica and Pete. So why is she still dating him? We just don't know. Is it the money? We're not sure. But I just feel like just stop. Just put him out of his misery. Stop dating him if you're not into him. And look, it works out for him in the end. And it's it's one of those classic uh, friends longer game, like the Ross and Rachel thing, isn't it? Which sort of teaches us the valuable life lesson that if you're a man, brackets especially a rich white man, yes. and you just keep. Gently pursuing a lady. Wear people down and then you'll get what you want. She'll eventually, yeah, she'll eventually succumb to your to your charms. Another questionable line in this plot line, isn't there, Pete? Uh, they're at the hospital. Pete says, where are we? And Monica says, what with all these doctors and nurses, I'm going to say midget rodeo. Yes. Um. Yeah, just another one of those classic friends. <laughs> lines, isn't it? Let's leave the word, the, the M word used there behind us. Indeed. There's an odd scene with this, isn't there, where they're all sort of just... I mean, considering we've established that they shouldn't even be dating in the first place, why is Monica hanging out with Pete and her friends in the coffee shop? And then, even then, why are they all just basically going, oh, oh, you're rich, aren't you? Oh, my God, you're so rich. Buy stuff. You know, that's that's their entire conversation. Yeah. It's... it. it it's a, When you put that into sort of a real-life context, brackets, we know it's a TV show, guys, don't worry, but this is literally all we've got on this podcast, close brackets. Um, it's a bit odd, isn't it? It's just a strange social situation to find yourselves in. You kind of know that that whole relationship's not going anywhere, despite the fact that they briefly decide to take it somewhere. Yes. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't have longevity, does it? No. Um, and then, really, just a shout-out to John Bon Jovi, who doesn't get a lot of uh, shout-outs on the... On Friends or this podcast indeed, but nice to hear him referenced, wasn't it? Absolutely. And that, I think that's what makes Pete seem older than them, you know. When he says, look, I know I'm no John Bon Jovi. And Monica literally laughs in his face. Yes. As, a, as if to be like, oh, that's the that's that's who you think women are into, is it? But yes, we're hurtling towards, aren't we, with them two, the, the kiss. The kiss that turns it all. In the words of Dua Lipa, Pete, one kiss is all it takes. Absolutely. Although much like Dua Lipa, Pete, we know, likes to travel unnecessarily. So um, there is that too. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God. Peter. Um, the other one, not you. That's tricky, isn't it? It's a whole cacophony. Should we talk about Rachel and Ross and Mark? Yes, let's do that. Gunther gets a little moment at the start of this. Well, a couple of times in this episode, but the opening to this episode is mostly Gunther. Yeah, <laughs> isn't it? It's a real sort of shine on Gunther. Um, Gunther's Got an incredible way of... Because what he's doing here is, let's be honest, creepy and horrible. Yes. But he gets away with it. In a, he's got a, a really interesting way of just seeming a bit pathetic and sad and funny whilst being quite, like, 
creepy and yes, just a bit unnerving, isn't it? He is less than a meter away from Rachel serving her. Yeah. And yet in his head, he's like, ooh. And that's that's weird. In his head, he's banging her, isn't he? Like yeah. he's, he's he keeps saying the phrase as my lover. Like yeah. he's imagining them having sex whilst grinning at her. Yeah, like you say, not a not a COVID safe distance away. Bizarre. But having said that, I think maybe the funniest single second of this episode is Gunther's amazing walk and duck. Um, yes. When Phoebe and Rachel are talking in the Central Perk later, and, and Rachel's sort of saying, I'm going to say no to Mark, and Gunther starts to walk over with a big grin on his face, and she goes, because I'm just not ready to date anyone, and he turns. Like, the timing of that is, it's like a masterclass. It's so well done. It's joyous. Um, and he, yeah, I think he... It's either that or, as Kat says, the, the Chandler-Ross physicality that we'll get onto later when Chandler's mounting Ross's back. But yeah, fair play. Gunther gets his little moment to shine. Um, Mark comes in, asks Rachel out. I, d- I think this is where me and you, Kat, are going to have to disagree. She said in her voice note, she gets to live out her fantasy of Rachel and Mark. Getting yeah, do, you know what? do you know what? I do. I, I can see it when they're together, and they're in. They're in the apartment, aren't they? Um, I, I can see that they could be a potential couple, and that it might work. Do you think? I just don't. Yeah. I don't like Mark. Why? I don't know. He just unnerves me a bit. He's a bit. I guess whenever you see Mark, you kind of know that there's going to be some tension and some arguing and some, you know, mm. some misery around because of the associated, like, complications of him being there. But I, I don't mind him. Like, he waits. He does actually wait till Rachel and Ross are not a thing to make a move on her. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Maybe I've, you're right, maybe I've mispainted him. It just he feels a little bit sleazo, but I don't know why. I can't quite put my finger on it. I feel like Mark's the sort of man that would say, I'm a, I'm a nice guy uh, when, when trying to defend himself, you know? Sure. And he does, um, I do like his joke about going home and getting his own back on Ross on his own. Oh, it's, essentially it's, it's a, great a to do joke. a wanking joke in the, yes. <laughs> in, the, in the middle of a date, isn't it? In the middle yes. of a first date. Yeah, it's bold. No, no, you are right. I don't know. I think I've just... You might have hit the nail on the head there, sort of maybe subconsciously he's just a slightly uh, disruptive presence in, disruptive. in a storyline. Yeah, 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 I think that's a fair way of looking at Mark. But I don't believe he does anything wrong. And I know... Uh, for a fact that uh, a few of my friends who listen to this podcast like continually say that they wish Rachel was with Park. I think that's a common thing. Wow. Well, and that's, yeah, and that that ties in with what Kat was saying. So, hey, do you know what? And this is something we must always hold our hands up to, Peter. Uh, the female perspective is one that we're often not privy to necessarily no. in our sort of uh, reactions and instincts. Talking of the female perspective... <laughs> Don't don't worry where this is going. <laughs> it, it's fine, I promise. It really reflects much worse on me as a, as the straight man as well. That we're both like <laughs> we don't know anything about women. You can get away with that more than me, but well, my friend Steph, who is a, a, a big fan of his podcast, is currently saving up episodes of Friends with Friends for when she goes into labour. What? Because she wants to use it as a distraction from what's going on. Ah. So while she's awaiting childbirth, she's going to... So basically, she could be listening to me say this right now while having a baby. Well, just in case the timing does line up perfectly, Steph. Congratulations! Well, I was going to say, push! <laughs> yes, push! push. Yes. Push! Yeah. Nearly there! 
yeah. um oh my days well that is a genuine like but genuinely honor. her reason for doing it is because that it like chills her out she likes listening to this podcast and it's like a calming influence on her oh that's nice Push! <laughs> <laughs> You've convinced me, you know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna park my park uh, mark. Park, I'm gonna park mark. Yeah, he does look very thin in this episode. Is the only other thing I'd like to note. Yes, it's true. Maybe because we're sort of used to him seeing a slightly more filled out mark when he comes back. Season ten comes back after this. He's gone for seven years. Imagine getting that call seven years later and going, "Remember, you were in Friends seven years ago. Do you want to come back and?" Oh yeah, because as referenced by Cat, he's sort of integral to the whole. Paris. Well, the actual plot of a finale, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He 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 puts Paris on the plate, doesn't he? Yeah. Can we talk about Ross's coat? Yes, the leather jacket. The big, like the biggest leather jacket I've ever seen. Well, you sent me a screenshot of it while you're watching the episode because you were clearly quite taken by the coat. Yeah, I did. I did. And you said very, it's very Adam Lambert. It is very yes, Adam Lambert. Very sort of glam rock. Yeah. Are leather coats are they stylish now? I don't know whether I don't think they are. Are they? Look, Pete. Let's park fashion instincts with our instincts of the female perspective here okay, because yeah, I'd say it's something that me and you, uh, you very much more so. I don't, I don't wish to drag you down into this. You're you're much more stylish than I, but I don't think we're ever Stop gonna. It. <laughs> I'm talking about your gaga pants, mate. <laughs> talking of Ross's clothes, yeah. Um, the old Frankie says relaxed T-shirt. I realised, like, as he was putting on, like, that's quite a, that's a pretty iconic Friends thing, isn't it? Ross in that tight-fitting T-shirt. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's as uh, somebody pointed out in reply to our tweet. It's actually the cover image on Netflix for Friends. Is it? Yeah, it's like the the little icon. Like not on the home screen, that's just like the logo. But when you go in, it's sort of the preview screenshot that it shows oh, there you. you go. Um, so it's yeah, it's incredibly iconic, uh, but very much of a generation just before us as well, isn't it? The sort of Frankie goes to Hollywood thing. Yes, like that. it also made me realise because there's a few references to Wham in Friends, isn't there as well? Mm. And you kind of get a sense of quite how huge like eighties pop culture in this country, how massive and lasting it is in America as well. Right, a hundred percent. The t-shirt bit itself is great, isn't it? Very good swimmering. Also, Ross is ripped. Yes, he's in good shape, isn't he? Looks good, doesn't he? I must... I, the whole post-breakup process that they're in with, like, dividing stuff, yeah. like, that is that is miserable and sad. And I think you can forgive Ross for taking it badly to some extent while Rachel's setting an example of, of doing it maturely. But... That is just a horrible thing to have to do. So I can kind of get why why Ross is sort of finding it difficult to process that they are physically dividing up all these things that have been really like special to them. Yeah, it's what it's one of the worst bits of a breakup, actually, isn't it? Because it quite well, it's often... like the most sort of graphic bit. You mm. are literally dividing up things that you want shared because you're no longer a thing, and that's a horrible thing. Yeah, and quite often it comes a little bit after the actual breakup so it's almost like the sort of the second hit you know yeah um but i think i think the and so it's interesting that cat says in her voice note this is an interesting example of ross being a good guy and it you know it's a nice little touching resolution i think it is in the end at yeah. the end with the t-shirt but before that he is i'd say in a sort of hyper annoying ross phase it's a little bit of like it's a like a small boy being told he can't have what he wants and that thing is rachel and it takes some time but obviously eventually off camera, not in the narrative that we see, he comes to the conclusion that Rachel's right. Yeah, you know she can have this thing that's special to her because it doesn't make a difference to him, and it's quite a nice sort of way of them 
kind of like immortalizing their relationship. Is yeah, it's very, it is very sweet that moment at the end, and it's very well acted uh, by Jennifer Aniston in the moment. Um, it's I think it's the weird arrogance of Ross earlier in the episode that that riles you, isn't it? More than that, yeah. I, think, I think you're right. You forgive the the reactive behavior because he's just not dealing with the breakup very well. But it's that bit where he walks into the apartment very like. You know, beforehand, he's like, maybe she'll find out that life without me sucks. And he's like, I am going to waltz in there and be Mr. Billy Big Bollocks. Um, And soon becomes clear that that is not why she's asked him to come over. Because she's fine. Yeah, because she's absolutely fine and she's trying to deal with it herself. But then he gets very quickly all victim-y and starts acting out, which I I think you're right. I think that is a a forgivable behaviour in the context, isn't it? Yeah. Um, my final thought about the t-shirt really is when he puts the t-shirt on, he takes off this jumper. Is he not wearing a t-shirt underneath his jumper? That's my question. I'm wearing a jumper right now without a t-shirt underneath. Is that a thing you do? Well, I'm not leaving the house today. Right, so. that's that's different, isn't it? Yeah. But it did. It, it just struck me as odd that he was wearing a ju- just just a jump skin on jumper. Itchy on the nipples. Well, exactly. I would have thought you'd want a, a buffer layer between. Mm. Um, be that a tiny t-shirt or just a regular sized t-shirt i don't think i I rarely will wear a jumper without a t-shirt in any context it's good to learn things about you what was the what was the dating site where you had to write uh, a biog about your friend do you remember that one i wonder why it's not still going (laughs) oh my single friend.com that was what it was right and uh yeah you had to so if it was me and you doing it I would write your biog, you know? With my... Like, would I know about this? Yeah, you can approve it. Right. Like, yeah, you, you basically say, you'd sign up and say, I'm Pete, and here's my friend Dave who's going to tell you all about me. And the idea is that I'd be like, oh my God, Pete's the best. He's got Lady Gaga pants. And, you know, or he wears <laughs> jumpers without T-shirts and stuff. But uh, if, you okay, were writing, if you were writing mine, that'd be my headline, mate. Rarely uh, wears a jumper without a T-shirt underneath it. Noted, as and when uh, you get back on that website. Is the likes will come screaming in i don't think it's still a thing it's still registered actually um i've 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 no interest in being on there peter if i'm honest okay fair enough uh interesting isn't it that we've never seen rachel wear the frankie says relaxed t-shirt before or indeed after this episode considering we're led to believe she sleeps in it every single night it feels like we might have seen her wear it at some point yeah that's fair that's a fair point but hey when has friends continuity ever been something that we worry ourselves with you know when Russ is uh, looking through Chandler and Joey's door yeah. at, at Mark and Ra- um, when he's got his back to the camp, he, I couldn't take my eyes off his hairline. <laughs> Why? Because when he's looking through the door, he has like the flattest, squarest line at the back of his hair, like where it's been styled. It's like it's a perfect line drawn on with a marker pen. Oh, wow. I, didn't, I did not clock that at all. Was... Well, if you go to barbers, they ask whether you want it square or tapered, don't they? Right, yeah. Ross, well, you wouldn't know this because you've, you've never had a haircut. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> but how often do you get your haircut? Uh, I haven't had it cut in the pandemic, certainly. Right. Like once every six months, maybe. I'll have a little trim to tidy it up. How much do you have taken off? Oh, an inch. Don't know, a bit. What's the point? Can't you do that yourself? Yeah, but I don't trust myself. I never have. I and mean, they, oh. they they tidy it up and they do all the layers and all the bits, don't they? You know, they 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 know what they're doing. I'm 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 very loath to take a pair of scissors to my own hair <laughs> because it's a sort of it's a it's 
My my hair is a look that is already bordering on the unkempt. Hand. Anyone who's not aware, Dave has very long hair. Yeah, I've got quite. He's got quite long hair, but it's it's. I think I think I could get it very wrong doing it myself, you know, and yeah. and and start to look homeless. Yes, is the worry. So yes, yeah, so I'll always trust it to the professionals. The whole peephole scene is great, isn't it? Like it is. Chandler. Actually, I'd like to talk about Chandler because even though he doesn't have a storyline here. I think this is a, a standout Chandler episode. Well, in this one, he's sort of playing what we've talked about in the last few weeks, talk about different episodes. It's like the Phoebe role, isn't it? Like he's he's yeah. sort of there on the periphery offering some light amid a bit of tension and things. Yes, exactly. Uh, but also, he goes one step further than that. because So he's got, yeah, I'd say I've written down a lot of lines that made me laugh out loud for from Chandler starting... With the Monica and Pete storyline, where he has his sort of Mr. Millionaire and you from Snooty Playthings, third wife comes free, and all of that sort of stuff. And I like Ross complaining that he can't see through the door. The door, and yes. Chandler says the inventor of the door rests happily in his grave. Yeah, and just before that, when Chandler and Ross pass Rachel and Mark in the hallway, and there's a really pregnant pause before Chandler like perfectly delivers. Is there any chance you didn't see yeah. that? <laughs> and there's loads of funny bits. Of course, there's all the, like Kat said, the Phil Spiderman thing, the chair jewel, um, sliced bread, a wonderful Lady Macbeth. Like, there's, he's involved in every single storyline with some really funny fucking lines. But also, he graduates towards the end. I think this is one of, like, Chandler's best episode moments in that he's being a really, it's a really nice example of, uh, non-laddie male friendship. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I know he's literally on his back physically wrestling him away, but it's a really tender moment, I think, isn't it? Where he just sort of goes, look, you've got to accept it's over, it's over, and he sort of strokes his hair. And, and- it's nice It's nice because earlier in this episode, Ross tells Chandler to, I quote, be supportive like a guy. Right. And that's basically very sort of stereotypically masculine and don't talk about feelings and stuff. But exactly. then later, actually, that turns out that what Ross needs is Chandler to not be supportive like a stereotypical guy. Yeah, it's really nice. And it's getting, and I th- actually, that is quite progressive for the time in that sense, because it is still very much a... Friends on the whole is still very much like lads being lads, but it does have some really nice, tender, yeah. non tradition like you say non-traditionally masculine moments and i just it was i just thought it was a really nice moment he's been a really good friend as well he's he's being harsh with ross but but correctly harsh harsh but fair and sort of snapping him out of his let's be honest madness when he's going to go over to ask for juice dragging a foosball table behind him and then we get the 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 sort of second go of the chair jewel with <laughs> phoebe and chandler talking about gold man how would he turn stuff to gold yeah and then that just a great chair jewel at the end with the are oh, you yellow belly liver liver draw. Um, I, I just think it's, actually it's a great episode. No wonder it's got two requests. Well done, Wayne. Well done, Cat. What 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 time to be alive? Quiz. Quiz. Actually, just before the quiz, Pete. Uh, I'd like to bring you an interesting fact that I found on the internet. Oh, yes. So there's there's a lot of these. on you, You'll have seen them on IMDb, like quirky facts, interesting trivia about the episodes. Um, and, this, you know, it's, it's, it's always worth a scan because you might learn something that you hadn't spotted. Did you know, Pete, that in this episode, the song that Chandler references when he says the line, yes, either that or the Gloria Estefan was right, eventually the rhythm's going to get you, 
the song Chandler references is Rhythm is Gonna Get You. <laughs> Someone's... Oh, thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> Someone has made a point of not only typing that up, but submitting it to the internet. Yes. Uh, so yeah, there you go, guys. You heard it here first. Stuff you might not have otherwise spotted on Friends. Well, now let's uh, find out how closely you were spotting things in this episode, Dave, because uh, I've got the quiz, but I also have got the answers. Uh, so it's all on me, is it? Question one. How many shirt and tie combos does Gunther wear in this episode? <laughs> Three? That is incorrect. Uh, he's wearing some sort of like deck of cards type outfit first, and then he's also later in a bright, luminous lime green shirt. So just two? Just the two. Oh, I was going to say two, but I thought it must be didn't. a trick question. He's in two scenes, so I thought... Yeah, actually, yeah. it's mad that I said three based on the fact he's in two scenes because he didn't do a quick change, did he? Question two. When Joey introduces himself to Kate, what does she say to him? We've already touched on this. It's the problematic line. Are you one of the retarded cousins, right? That's the one, yeah. Uh, question three. What are the numbers under the cups for? Uh, they are so Monica can keep track of where the mugs are, right? But also, she says that... It, oh, that's right, by the way. Um, but also, Rachel's example is mug number 27. <laughs> yeah. Why does Monica need 27 mugs when famously she only ever has six people? That's true, isn't it? Yeah, nobody needs 27 mugs. What is the message for Joey on the Etch-A-Sketch in the apartment? Do you know what? I'll, I'm going to hold my hands up and say that I wouldn't have noticed this, but in the course of my trawling for facts where I got that great Gloria Estefan fact from, uh, this was one of them. And I think from memory it says, call Joey, call dad. Joey, call your dad. And then there's also a shopping list. I'm going to give myself it, you know. Yeah, you can. And finally, what Shakespearean character has sliced bread played? A wonderful Lady Macbeth. Correcto. Funny line. Really enjoy that. Um, good quiz, that. Very yeah. good. Oof, Thanks, please. Wayne. Felt a lot of pressure then, but I'm, I'm happy with well. that. Four out of five. I'll take it. Um, Peter. Yes. Next week, huh? Oh, yes. Uh, next week's episode request is from Scarlet. And it's the one with Phoebe's wedding. Oh, that's nice. Have we not so, done that? That's no. remarkable, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, the one with Phoebe's wedding next week. Shout out to Chappie. Chappie. <laughs> See you next week. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.